Okay, well, welcome to our second uh, podcast for any given Sunday, our Dynasty League. Um, last week we had Parker on. He talked about the draft. He talked about some uh, players that he's looking out for, who he thinks has a chance of running the tables in our uh, Dynasty League. Today we're joined by Justin Campbell, a.k.a. Toupee Wearer. Um, <laughs> give us a little bit of uh, about yourself, but also where did Toupee Wearer come from? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so my name's Justin. I'm a youth minister down in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, I grew up in West Texas, like Abilene. Um, which for reference for people who aren't in Texas is like an eight hour drive from here. Um, so it's a hall, uh, but I know Bishop from working with his dad up in Marysville, Ohio, um, right before I moved down here. Um, so just, you know, love youth ministry. I'm in like 13 fantasy leagues. I think seven of them are dynasty leagues. So I really love fantasy football. It doesn't mean I'm good at it, but I really, really enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah. So then to pay where, um, so when I was like eighth grade, which is when I started getting into like, you know, social, you know, Instagram, toupee wearing, um, not toupee, or Twitter is what I meant to say, um, Xbox Live, all that kind of stuff is when I learned what a toupee was. Um, and I also had really long hair and people always joke that it looks like my hair could just like come off like a helmet almost. Um, and so I started, I don't know, I just kind of put it together, all one word. And it's, I mean, self plug, I guess, but it's my Instagram name, my Twitter name, all my fantasy football name, uh, Xbox Live, like it's everywhere. Well, that's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say with the luscious locks that you're running right now, it's clearly not, it's clearly <laughs> not what you wear. The luscious locks. I'll take that. <laughs> In one of my leagues, they call me the hairless wonder, even though I have hair, but I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, for those of you who uh, maybe have forgotten, Justin is one of the more polarizing um, when it comes to his trades and moves in the offseason. Uh, so far this year, there's been about four moves that you've made that have dominated the league chat for a couple of hours after. As people are asking the question, you know, what is he thinking? What is he doing? Uh, sometimes, like, you get a steal and everyone acknowledges it, but sometimes, like the DuVernay trade recently, there's a lot yeah. of people who are, who are kind of speculating about what uh, – what exactly you're up to? So give us a review of your off season and what exactly are you doing? What, what is your vision here? Yeah. So let's put it this way. Um, first I'll tell you some of the moves I made, right? Like I traded away DeAndre Hopkins and a 2021st for Dalvin cook, which is hot. It's a hot take, right? Um, I traded away Leonard Fournette for only Damian Williams and a first round pick. Um, and I traded away David Montgomery and a fourth for uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, so making some moves like that. And the reason I make, oh, and that, that Duvernay trade, yeah, I traded away Moster and a fifth next year for Duvernay, who was barely drafted, I think, in the fourth or fifth of our draft this year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I get it. Like, will Moster almost certainly outperform Duvernay? Will um, Fournette almost certainly outperform Jared Judy, who I got with that pick that I traded, you know, almost certainly like for in a one year, in a one year window for sure. Um, but the way I look at it in an eight man league where we're only, we start one quarterback, one tight end, two running backs, two receivers, two flex. Um, I think I go after studs, man. Like I'm going after, I, I would, I'm not here for depth. I'm not here for low floor or high floor kind of guys. I'm here for high ceiling kind of guys. I think that's the only way you're going to win is by having, because everybody has a good team. Every, it's an eight man league. Everybody has a good team. So you got to have a great team. And I think the only way to get there is take some risks. So like trading Mostert, who is going to be for sure in a running back by committee, as long as he's out San Francisco for Duvernay, who is operating out of the slot, probably where he was a beast in college. And if Hollywood doesn't take that step, 
I mean, we could be looking at, especially next year, Duvernay being the wide receiver number one guy in Baltimore on a high-powered offense. Um, I'm trading, you know, I'm trading away Fournette one year early for sure. You know, I, I completely agree that Fournette's a top, probably at, at the very worst, a top ten running back this year. Like I really think his floor is that high. But the next season, his floor is out of the league. I, mean, I don't know, right? Like obviously Jacksonville's not very high on him. Uh, so I got him, you know, a year out, and then I got Jared Judy for that. Who a year from now you know, really could emerge if we'll talk about this later. If Drew Locke is the guy that I think he is and everybody else doesn't think he has a chance of being, then we're rocking and rolling and I'm feeling good about it. Um, so I'm going after a high ceiling. Um, I'm not worried about a low floor because it's an eight. Like, like I said, if you, if you go after a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy, you're not going to win in an eight man league. Uh, so give me the high risk, you know, like Dalvin cook is one of my backs. Aaron Jones is one of my backs. Like give me those guys. I'm, I'm going after it. Well, I got to say, um, last year it didn't turn out too bad for you. Um, looks like this year you're, you're uh, setting yourself up. I believe next year you're going to be a beast. Your team is going to be sure. unbelievable. Really excited uh, about that. <laughs> even if all of those players don't hit, all you need is one or two to turn into Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins for it to all look like you, you knew what you were doing the whole time. Right. Um, let me also say this, though. One of the more, I guess, shocking things about your strategy here was that a lot of people look at your roster that you had last year, saw the pieces that you had in place, saw that you were, I mean, in contention for a championship, and then it's like you almost blew it up. What was the, what was the rationale behind that? <laughs> the rationale is that trading is fun. <laughs> I really <laughs> like trading. <laughs> um, and, so, and I thought I got some good values, you know, so I was like, oh, and then there's some guys that I liked a little bit more going forward, you know, and I held on to the pieces I liked, like, when I traded away DeAndre Hopkins. He moved teams, may not get much of an offseason this year um, with an offensive formula that likes to spread the ball around. I was like, this, in my opinion, his highest value is going to be during this offseason. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit later um, in the show because I have him slipping a little bit. Um, and so to trade him in a first, sure, you know, another, you know, what's that going to be like for a guy like Dalvin Cook, you know, who, as long as he's healthy, is a top guy. You know, I did a dynasty startup two days ago, and uh, nice. I, the, the board came to me at uh, three, pick three, and I had the choice between picking Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, or Dalvin Cook. And yeah. believe it or not, I chose Dalvin Cook. Nice, um, yeah. I think he is. I think he's one of the hottest backs, and I think he has potential to be RB one at the end of the season. I think that's yeah. very well within his realm of possibilities and outcomes. And I, I'm a big believer in him. So you don't have to sell me on that trade. In fact, of all of them, that was the one that I was like, I get uh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins going into that system with all the weapons around him, a second year quarterback who I think is going to regress a little. I think you have a, I think you have a recipe for trading at its peak value. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Sell high and sell see what high. happens. <laughs> like, so, yeah. And then obviously trading, uh, also traded Deshaun Watson because of my faith in another quarterback that no one has named Ryan Tannehill. I am all in on Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I got to say, I was with you. I, you sold me a little bit on Jerry Judy. You sold me a little bit on DuVernay. You cannot sell me on Ryan Tannehill. He's a 31-year-old quarterback who's never been a top-10 quarterback. I mean, last year he was pretty good. I, mean, he, I think he was top-10 once he became the starter last year. Once he became the starter, that is true. You, uh, you actually so, have a couple of board bets going on with this. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. What's going on with those? Dude, I mean, you, um, so I kind of just put it out there because I was tired of people trashing on my court. Like, multiple people have DM'd me, and they're like, well, you can't be happy with your quarterback situation, which in a one-quarterback league, I have Matt Ryan, Drew Locke, and Ryan Tannehill. I've, Matt Ryan is a stud, absolutely a stud. And he, if, you be, if all I hear 
is that Calvin Ridley and Julio, top, top 15 receivers, so everybody says this. Well, you can't believe that and not believe that Matt Ryan's going to be good. Like, those things don't go together. And they went on and got um, – they lost Austin Hooper for sure, but they brought in Hayden Hurst, which I think – I mean, I, I don't – I think Hayden Hurst is comparable in talent. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And then obviously bringing in Gurley who can catch out of the backfield. Like, I think, I think they're – especially if Gurley gets hurt, Matt Ryan's just going to ball out, I think. But anyway – um, so I think my quarterback situation is fine, man. Like Tannehill, he's got, I know he's 31, but he's, he's going to run for a couple. He's going to run for 200 yards. He's going to run for, two, you know, three or four touchdowns. He's going to throw for quite a few because Derrick Henry, like it, they're going to play action on the goal line, just like they did last year. AJ Brown's going to take a step forward. Um, that slot guy that they got from Tampa Bay last year. Um, what's his name? Help me out. Um, I liked him a lot. He's small. Uh, um, Adam Humphreys. Thank you. Humphreys. I like Adam Humphreys a lot. I liked him last year, but I've got him as a post-hype sleeper this year. You know, I think I just, I believe in the Tannehill high efficiency, low risk kind of game management that when I look at some games where they're playing a tougher defense, I actually think he's going to do better because um, they won't be able to run the ball quite as well. Um, so I just, I like my streaming options there. And uh, one of your strategies has been, and, and seeing you in other leagues has been always streamable quarterbacks. You've never been a huge oh, yeah. um kind of a dynasty franchise kind of guy yeah unless it's super flex um i'm in an, i'm in one super flex league where i have patrick mahomes and aaron Rodgers. right like i was like okay give me give me the guys i'm ready to roll and i drafted Tua this year in that rookie draft like i and a super flex i value quarterback it literally is a, just a complete swap from late round quarterback to let me get in there early and often and get a guy that i can believe in for you know years to come Ironically, that same league we were just talking about in the Superflex startup, I had a second round. I picked up um, Kyler Murray, third round. I love it. Third round, I picked up uh, Dak Prescott. And so Ooh. I feel, feel rolling into that. Superflex is an entirely different monster. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's jump into uh, a rookie rundown here. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to go through the first round of our draft and give us your take on each of the rookies um, and what you think their range of outcomes is and how you think they, they fit. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, so we'll just go in order that they were picked, um, not necessarily like a hierarchy or anything that we can kind of just see. Um, so like we said, it's a you know, half-point league with you know, eight, eight, only eight teams. So the first round you would think is going to be all just, yeah, absolutely great pick. And there's going to be one that we'll get to. That, I mean, I don't want to dog on our boy, but we'll get there. Um, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the first overall pick. Great pick, right? Like uh, the comp is Brian Westbrook at this point, you know, and I'm – all in. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, I remember Brian Westbrook in my nightmares and in my Sunday mornings, right? Or Sunday afternoons. Like, he's such a beast. But I do think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get going. Um, so, which is why I kind of enjoyed the Damian Williams part of our trade, because I think it'll be like a sneaky, like, oh, he gets a good game here and maybe I can swap him for something. Um, but then once he does, I mean, second half, like from weeks nine on, I've got, I think he's going to be a running back one, you know, top, top 12 guy just because that baseline with his receiving work and a high powered offense like that. Um, I, I really, I mean, it's going to be interesting because if he starts getting touchdowns, you know, who does he take him away from? You know, does that, does that limit? Kel Cause if you remember the Houston game, like, yeah, Kelsey had like, two or three touchdowns, but they all came down at the goal line. Well, if yeah. that becomes, if that becomes Clyde Edwards Hilaire, we have some weird evaluations about Travis Kelsey going forward as well. Cause not everybody can be valuable, right? Like that's, that's not possible, but it's going to be really interesting to see about that going forward. Um, then the next one with Jonathan Taylor, which as a Michigan fan, uh, 
I, I hate and respect Jonathan Taylor so much. Um, I literally took a nap during the fourth quarter of our game against Wisconsin last year because we were blown out. Um, but he's a stud, man. He's faster than I thought he would be. Um, I think I think he can catch, you know, at least as well as like Melvin Gordon and type like that can out of the backfield. Um, so like, I think he's the best running back talent in this year's draft coming, and he's behind a great offensive line that's taking another step forward um, with old what's-his-face out of Notre Dame having another year at the left guard position. Um, can't think of his name either because it's – what's his name? Is it Zach Martin? Is that who you're thinking of? No. Um, he's the guy – he was a rookie last year. He's terrific. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, um, oh. Like, yeah, he's – Probably he might be one of the he might be the best offensive lineman in football already, and it's a shame we don't know his name. But anyway, um, but no, I think that um, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to run, you know, for over a thousand yards. I think he's going to be one of the top leading rushers. But will he get the targets? I think is the only thing, and maybe he will. You know, like it's um, the talk out of the the talk from the coach the other day though was that he said he could see Naheem Hines getting ten targets in some games, um, and you're already assuming Marlon Mack's going to get you know, three to four targets a game. Um, there's just not enough targets to go around, right? Uh, unless they just don't have a wide receiver too, you know, even though they drafted Pittman, you know, unless it's just, you know, T.Y. Hilton and running backs getting all of the targets and then whoever their tight end is now. Um, you know, I guess that could work out, but I just don't think he's going to get the targets to be like a top 12 kind of guy, even though he'll have the rushing numbers. Um, then moving on to Cam Akers. Dude, your boy. You love Cam Akers so much. I do, yes. <laughs> and I do, too. Like, as a guy, like, I, Florida State's my ACC team. I've, I grew up a little bit of a Florida State fan. I've been to the Florida State-Miami football game in Tallahassee. Um, so, I, I big fan. I really do like Florida State. And he went, he's in the same situation, which is going to be fun to watch. Because at Florida State, terrible offensive line. Like, one of the worst in all of Division One F, FBS, right? Which includes teams like Fresno State, right? Like, their offensive line was so bad. Um, but yet, he was super productive, you know? Um, and that's why, you know, everyone still respected him a lot. Can he do that at the NFL level? Because the Rams don't have a good offensive line still, but they have a great offensive-minded coach who's going to be able to get the ball in space. Um, and so, if they're, if, I think he can do it. I fully believe in the talent. I'm just really nervous about, you know, but if they're running this 20, if they're running this 21 set, right, with two tight ends and one back, like they finished the season on, that helps out run blocking a lot, you know, um, especially if they have to respect those tight ends still so they can't cram it up so much. Um, but we'll see, you know, I think his ceiling, you know, is for this, for season one, I think his ceiling is what, like running back 15 to 20, you know, but I think it's, I think his, his floor is pretty low in my mind. I think that if that O-line doesn't get the work done, and they have to kind of out of this two tight end set, which, you know, like I said, it, they can space it out some, but in the two tight end set, there are more people in the box. Um, I would be a little worried about his floor for sure. Um, but we'll see. I, like I said, I'm with you on the talent, man. I traded for him in another league yesterday. Like I am, I'm, I'm all in on Cam Akers. I knew I couldn't trade it. I wanted to trade him when you picked him up, but I knew that was not in the cards once I heard you talking about him. No, yeah, I was I, – and I paid a high premium in Todd Gurley for him. Um, but yeah. I, I, I'm a believer in that. I do think that the one winner of the Rams offense with the addition of Cam Akers, weirdly enough, is going to be Everett. Because uh, last yeah. year running that two tight end set uh, with him and Higby, I think that was a fantastic one-two punch. Like you said, the average rushing per game went up almost an entire yard and a half. Uh -huh. I mean, you can't beat that kind of efficiency. I legitimately think Cam Akers is going to have a good season. You said his uh, ceiling is top 15. I'm telling you that I think his floor, his floor is RB20. For this season? For this season. That's spicy. 
Yes, that is spicy. Hey, I'll tell you what. I, I'm, I'm all in on him. I think, wow. uh, I think the offensive line did improve slightly, though they didn't make the moves I was hoping they, was gonna, they were going to make, especially yeah. with all the talent that was available. Trent Williams, yes. for instance, I thought for sure they were going to go after him. But uh, I do think Cam Akers is great. The next pick was yours and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. So, like, as a Michigan fan, I, uh, my wife jokes that I have, like, that she thinks I'm a closet Ohio State fan. It's like, no, just whenever your team gets absolutely dominated by another team every year, you start to respect them a little bit. Um, and I go to the game, like, I guess, side note about Justin Campbell. Me and my buddies drive from Lubbock, Texas, all the way up to Michigan slash Ohio to go to that game every single year. Uh, my first year in Ohio, I actually flew from Columbus to Lubbock to drive from Lubbock to Columbus. <laughs> which was a little silly, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so J.K. Dobbins, man, I mean, I'm a big-time believer in the talent. I love the landing spot. And this is going to be another one-year-away type thing, though, for sure. Like, Mark Ingram is great. And I think he's going to be the lead back in that offense. I, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, I think his ceiling is what? Like, RB30 this year. I don't think he's going to be – like, he's on my taxi squad, and I expect him to basically stay there unless Ingram goes down. Um, but – like, I literally, in my notes, all I put for J.K. Dobbins was 2021 beast. Like, we're, we're waiting a year. And what's cool about, like, my team, like, just real quick, is in a year from now, we're going to have a great understanding of, is it beneficial that I have Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, and Jared Judy, right? Because if it is, if that offense blows up, right, which, like I said, I am in on the, on the Denver Broncos offense. If those three guys are, if, you know, I'm not asking for a ton, but if they're all, if both those receivers – if Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver one and Judy is like a back end two, they're very startable whenever we're doing four flex or two flex and two receivers and JK Dobbins can take a step up. I, I mean, this offense could be really clicking next year, which is really exciting. I think so too. Roto wire actually has uh, JK Dobbins as their early favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. Believe that's, it or not. That's a little spicy for my opinion. Um, I think Joe Burrow has a great standing there with all the talent that they have coming in. But um, yeah, so J.K. Dobbins, it's for sure a pick for another year. Um, but really looking forward to, you know, 2021. And it, it's, it's a free league, right? So it's okay to like wait a year and just like, <laughs> we're not putting a ton of money into that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the next one is DeAndre Swift. I when I, I made a queue for our league. I made it 27 players deep. Just kind of put them in order. And DeAndre Swift was not on my queue. He is no, was not on my draft board. Um, great talent. I, good talent. I, I like him. I liked him a lot. Terrible team. Um, pop quiz. Who's the last running back to make the Pro Bowl for the Detroit Lions? Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, and if you think Matt Patricia is good enough and this offense is good enough to put another one close to that level, more power too, but I don't see it. Um, so do I believe in the talent of Swift? Sure. I think he's a talented guy. I think his landing spot was literally – I don't think there was a worse landing spot for him. Um, and so – and with, I mean, carry on's still there, right? And so I don't think carry on's that good. I think he's a little disappointing. But if – I think they're going to uh, running back by committee on an offense that's going to be inefficient on the ground. Um, and they already have great receiving pieces and Marvin Jones and Kevin, uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, and Stafford likes to bomb it. Right? He's not in, he's not a big fan of just Duncan and Duncan. Um, and so I, I, his ceiling to me is like the absolute best he could be in my opinion in our league is a back end three, which is like 24, 25 ish. And I think, I mean, I, I think his floor is 
I think it's four is kind of around the same spot. Like I don't have like a, in my opinion, there's not a wide variance unless he just gets a ton of touchdowns. Um, but just on the stuff that we can kind of expect, I don't think he's going to be that great. You know, I'm, 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 I'm torn on him because I think by pure talent, he's probably the second best talented running back in, in like from the draft. I think um, mm-hmm. his physique, his 40 time, his balance, he's a downhill runner. I mean, he, he's comparable only to Jonathan Taylor. Right. But you're right. Out of all the places he could have landed, I mean, the last relevant running back before Carryon Johnson was Kevin Smith. I mean, what are we going to – how are we going to rank that? So I think your assessment's right. I think I, ha- I have a very, very, very low uh, ceiling for at least yeah. this coming year. And maybe with a coaching change, which you've heard some rumblings about. Um, so maybe, maybe next year we're looking at a different situation. But going into 2020, I'm low on him. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I don't know. I don't know how you can be super high, but maybe – I will see. It's fantasy football, right? Um, the next pick, though, is the pick that got all – turned all of the heads. Because um, this is what surprised me. Already, like, this this draft is considered one of the best receiving drafts – receiver drafts we've had maybe of all time, potentially. People really have CeeDee Lamb, Keisha Vaughn – or not Keisha Vaughn, my bad. But CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Mims, Jefferson, Rager, all these guys, right? Like studs across the board. And then here comes, before any receiver comes off the board, Vaughn, this guy who I, I, I don't see it. Um, I read a lot of stuff about him before the draft, and I was like, okay, so this is a guy that might be kind of fun sometimes, occasionally in a game, do something cool kind of a guy. Um, fast, quick, electric, not big, not strong, not consistent. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that might be a fun third-round guy. Right, that might be a fun fourth round guy, um, in my opinion. Then it's you know, then he got drafted by the by the Buccaneers. People started talking a little bit, and that's how it goes. But I'm a big believer in talent over that kind of stuff. Usually, like Swift is kind of the exception. Literally, any other any of the other 31 teams, and he's on my board. One team was like the one place I didn't want him to go. Um, and so for Vaughn to go to the Buccaneers, I think people are expecting a James White role. Some people are, and we're gonna get to this later. But I think Ronald Jones already is that guy. I think he had, I think he's more the skill set. Vaughn is more like a Rex Burkhead kind of is like, you, know, you slip out, you kind of do, you're, you're like fundamentally sound and you kind of, I'm a little quicker than the guy before me. Right. I'm a little faster, but I don't, I don't think Vaughn has, I don't think he's going to be very effective. Um, so, you know, I'm not roasting. Jeff Darby is a wonderful man. Right. Um, but for him, uh, I think this pick was a, a, a really suspect. I don't want to be, I don't want to lay it on too thick, but man, it was, um, to take him over any of these receivers was, I think, a, a little spicy for my opinion. Well, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this was way too, way too early, uh, especially when you're looking at the fact that he had the 2-2. If yeah. he wanted to reach, he could have still reached. Um, I think that was true. But uh, I do think Rex Burkhead is an interesting comp. I, I really like that. The comp that I had written down is that I believe he is a early – uh, early career Darren Sproles. That's fun. Okay. Uh, first couple of years wow. under LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, yeah. you know, you had LT who was already breaking records as a pass catcher. Uh, and then what he did was kind of a change of pace. You know, he'd come in and some games he would look awesome. The one thing that really hurts us is Keyshawn Vaughn could very well start as the punt returner or kick returner, but we don't do kickoff or punt returns. I think he's going right. to be electric. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he'll be fun to watch, right? And his jersey will be one that people are like, oh, that was so cool. You know, people will like him for a while. But, I mean, did you, 
And Darren Sproles, I think his best case scenario scenario for him would be that. Um, I don't think that I can expect that out of him necessarily. Um, but thanks for the respect on the Burkhead call. <laughs> that's a that's a Justin Campbell original. I haven't heard anybody else say that for what it's worth. Um, I think that's a great one. I think that's a great one. Thanks, man. Uh, then we get to the next one, which as a Dallas Cowboys fan, C.D. Lamb, absolute beast. Uh, who who drafted him? Uh, you muted yourself on that. Did you? That would be me. That that would be you. Absolutely, yeah. I figured I'd t- toss you a little alley oop there. Um, absolute dynamite of a pick man um it was frustrating like i'm sitting there i'm like oh they're slipping they're slipping i'm about to get cd lamb he's gonna take anybody else and i'm gonna get cd lamb right because i had the very next pick because i had traded back into the first um and man because cd lamb well, we have the, the uh, wow good stutter there um but the cowboys have um vacated targets like crazy with witten gone which i think a lot of those are going to go to blake jarwin i think blake jarwin's going to be a highly elevated tight end but with Randall Cobb gone, like you can, there's easily a case for three receivers in Dallas to have a thousand yards this year. Um, and I don't think you're stretching it at that. Um, I think that would hurt Zeke um, with his receiving some, uh, which I don't think that they would mind keep him healthy since they paid him that fat contract. Might as well keep him a little, little longer than you would think. Um, and so CeeDee Lamb, and he's a beast. He's my receiver one this year from the rookies. Uh, absolutely phenomenal after the catch. I love that he bulked up. Um, it, you know, before his senior year at Oklahoma, I'm a huge fan. If you watch watching his games I, uh, against Baylor and against Texas, just watch him. Absolutely amazing. Uh, just fantastic. So I'm really excited. He'll probably be returning some punts, some kicks, uh, which will be fun to watch as a Cowboys fan. But I mean, I, I've got him. I, mean, I think his ceiling for this season would be, uh, and I keep saying this, but low end wide receiver too, right? It's kind of a very consistent guy that scored a lot of points. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a ton of touchdowns because there's enough to go around between Dak's running and Zeke's running and Zeke's receiving and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Blake Jarman. I think there's plenty to go around on an offense that should still be one of the top in the league, especially since that defense didn't get a ton better this year. Um, and so I think City Lamb, I, I mean, I love it. And, you know, Amari Cooper is going to be – there's a lot of talks about him leaving after next season because uh, his contract has no guaranteed money after that. Um, and so him falling out and then CD Lambs kind of becomes the guy, him and Gallup together, which would be awesome. And I, I really CD Lamb for the long term. I'm in. And then you ended out the end of the first round here with Jerry Judy. My boy. I love Judy. The route running is amazing. I'm here for that. He's, he's Amari Cooper a little bit faster. Um, I really like the talent long term, which is why I took him. You know, like I didn't come in hoping to get both receivers for, for Denver, right? And I say both because K.J. Hamler, he's cool, he's electric, he's not going to be a talented wide NFL receiver. But um, I, like, I mean, he was a lot of people's one coming in. He was my two of the receiving talent. I was kind of, like I said, I was hoping to, you know, diversify the talent a little bit more. But when the talent's there, the word of my kind of mantra when it comes to rookie drafting is draft for talent, trade for need. Um, and so to have the talent there, Judy had to take it. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with rolling. I, I, like I said, if Denver's offense is what I think it's going to be, similar to the CD Lamb pick there, I think it's going to be able to roll. I think I'll be able to roll the, both of them out, not immediately, but eventually. Yeah, no, I think you're entirely right on that. Um, so, other than the first round, just give me one name. What is one name on the draft board that you thought was a value pick uh, that you really that you looked at and were like, wow, that was a steal? Yeah. So I'm actually. 
I'm going to do three picks. I went back to back to back, if that's okay. Um, so in the third round, so it's pick 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. These picks right here, Chenault, Pittman, and I, I can't say his last name, A-I-Y-U-K. I, how do you say A-U-K. that? A-U-K. A-U-K. Sure, I always, I always say I-Yuck, but I, I know it's wrong. But that's the way I read it. Um, <laughs> and it's not going to be yuck. It's not, not going to be yuck. He's going to be really talented. He's really good uh, after the catch kind of a guy. They're going to be – I love – San Francisco's offense It's going to be so much fun to watch on just – Thinking and dive, everything's going to be within 10 yards, but you have to respect everything they have. It's a lot of fun. I love what Shanahan's doing over there. Um, but I tried to trade for all three of these picks. Um, like I was like, once, once I saw Chenault was still there, I was like, okay, come on, C.D. Hampton, make, make a trade, right? And which, for what it's worth, I don't know anybody in our league besides you and your dad and me. Like, those are the only three people. I guess I've met your brother-in-law. Um, and so, like, I don't know some of these guys at all. It was kind of cool to look at, you know, like, hear – uh, Parker talking and like look him up on Facebook so I could put a face to the name for the first time um but I was like trying to trade I was like give me Chanel come on I'm trying to trade for this pick and he didn't buy it and I was like that's okay Pittman's still on the board I'll get that <laughs> and then I was like oh no I was like oh I would still take a uke and then uh could not get that pick and I was like man I guess I'm just out because <laughs> after that I think there's a huge drop off uh, but those three guys, all three going to be valuable like this year. Chenault's going to be the second best receiver on that team, presumably. Pettman's going to be the second best receiver on that team, presumably. And, and the same with Ayuk. Except for Jalen Hurd, it will be a fun little conversation piece between those two. Um, but all three values to get in the third round, man. Because I traded away a third, and I was like, oh, sure, I'll toss. Yeah, you can have a third, whatever. And started realizing, like, oh, that's like the back-end second in most of my other leagues that I wouldn't have just sprinkled in there. Uh, so a little bit of a learning curve on that one of just seeing the value there in the middle of the third. Um, and that's probably going to con- continue. But I love those three picks a lot. Immediate value. Um, like, I think Chenault, I think he'll get, like, 808 this year. Everyone's going to be so high on him. But I think we're going to realize that that's kind of his ceiling. Like, I don't think he's, like, a super talented receiver but he's going to get plenty of work. Um, and I think that's going to be on, on a fun offense. Like I, if you don't like Gardner Minshew, I don't know. Choose new, choose new heroes, man. That dude's awesome. That mustache <laughs> is legendary. And that suit where he has the V-neck going all the way down, like his belly button. I mean, my wife thinks he's pretty hot and I'm like, all right, I need to try to pull off some of this swag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest and say um, that for, for Chenault, I, I don't, I tried to comp him. I always try to comp players like what I think their high end or low end comp could be. And I have never seen a guy like him. I mean, you could throw him out as a tight end, a running back. He took some snaps as running back in college, fullback. He even took some uh, snaps in as, as on the far outside in the slot. He was a middle linebacker for a game. I mean, this dude has done it all. And so I, I'm really confused on his comp. Do you have a name that you can comp him with? The closest thing I think of is Debo. Um, who did a lot of that last year for the 49ers, but they don't play the same. Like it's like a similar like skill set kind of, but they don't use it the same way. I don't think. And if you watch them, it doesn't look similar, but they're used in similar ways, I guess. Does that make sense? Um, so like, I'm with you though. Like when I watched his highlights on stuff, cause obviously I didn't catch a ton of Colorado games. Um, but when I watched like his highlights, I was like, yeah, this is, this is an anomaly, which is going to be fun. And I think it works well with what they're trying to do in down there. Um, and especially with his physical play style, I think they're trying to be a physical team. Um, I'm excited for that. We'll see how it goes. But Chenault, you know, I think he's he's going to be fun, um, and he's a. I think he's going to have good production his entire career as like a wide receiver three or four, and just kind of stay there and be a valued a valued piece on any team. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, 
I want to get your take on something, and I didn't do this with Parker, and I don't think I'm going to do this with anyone else. Um, <laughs> okay. I, but I, I really like your takes. Um, what Go through our rosters, all of our rosters, and I want you to throw a player out that you think we're really high on that is just not going to live up to potential, our biggest bust prospects. On, on each, like, person on each team? Yeah, like our, our yeah. individual rosters. Yeah, so – um, like for the whole league, right? Like each person. Yeah. Person's yeah. Okay. Just making sure I understood correctly. Um, so which, okay. So I want to start, we'll start with Parker, right? Cause I'm just kind of going the order that the league has it on on sleeper. Um, so, and this isn't like, people don't have this guy super high necessarily, but people still count on him. This, this may be hot, but Zach Ertz is done. Zach Ertz is over. It's Dallas Goddard's team. This Dang. Year. Dallas. Dallas Goddard is going to – like, here you go. Here's the spice. Here's the spice, all right? Dang. Dallas Goddard is going to have 50 more fantasy points than Zach Ertz this year. Okay, now wait a second. Hold on on that. 50, 50 more fantasy points, that's what you're going with? Yeah, yeah. I believe Dallas Goddard will have less than 50% fantasy points. Are we going to do something with this? Oh, we have to. We have to. This is, this is a gimme. I'll take the easy money. Like – Dallas Goddard has got it, man. In the bag. Zach Ertz is washed up. He's old. He's going to – I'm out. Okay, so let's let's say – okay, we already have Chipotle on the line for Ryan right. Tannehill. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's do – you want to do a third-round pick swap? Mm, I've already got a second-round pick swap. <laughs> um, yeah, let me make sure I have a third while we're doing this real fast. Before I, I don't want to offer something we can't do, you know. Absolutely. Um, where did this go? Too many windows open on my computer. Can you check? Do you have it? Yeah, I'm on it right now. Um, oh, it looks like. Oh, I don't have a third. You don't. Yeah. I don't have a third for like two seasons. Where did those? You go? really don't. <laughs> what happened to those? Well, we'll work on the terms later, but I sure, do sure. think I think that's a fair I think that's a fair assessment. I I actually took the exact opposite stance of you. I think Dallas yeah. Goddard is going to be uh, gone by the end of the season. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, well we will see. We will see. Um, but yeah, so I think Zach Ertz. I think he's gonna be a big bust this year. Um, and obviously, if you're predicting bust, you're predicting guys that are projected to do well that you're kind of saying aren't gonna do well. Um, the next one is why I think your trade was – one of your trades was really good. I don't think Gurley's got it anymore. Um, I think he's going to have six really good games, and then I think he's going to miss about six games and then have about ten okay games. Uh, or not ten. Six plus six is twelve. So, I guess four. <laughs> four or five, I guess, of okay games. Um, I just don't – I don't think he's going to be uh, – that knee is an issue. Like, the stuff the Rams are kind of saying now that he's gone is – you literally never knew when he was going to be good or not because of the arthritis situation. Like, it's not a broken bone, right? You break a bone, they put a timetable on it, you're good to go later. This is like – I mean, this is literally day-to-day for the rest of his career. Um, and so I don't trust that. I don't want that on my team. And I, I, I think Gurley – I mean, I don't think Gurley ever has a top-12 running back season again, which is sad. I love the talent. I loved him out of college. Like, I, I love Gurley. Um, but that, that injury, which is like – I mean – shouldn't be called an injury like it's a medical condition now you know it gets like this is for the rest of his life and i don't think he's going to be able to do it again which is sad um then moving on the next guy is a guy that i love i love the talent i love the route running i love a lot of things i loved him more if you to stayed with the team he was on but stefan diggs on jay riggity's team the other justin um 
I don't, and so which is interesting because if you're going to say that you like John Brown a lot, um, I mean, you're going to have to have Diggs under impressing a little bit, unless you just think Josh Allen's going to throw for 40 touchdowns, which we can, if, if, that, if that's yeah, your take, no, we can talk no. about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so I don't, I don't think Josh Allen is a good, a good hmm, this is going to sound rough because I, I love Josh Allen in fantasy. He could not be my NFL team starter. Um, for fantasy, so much fun. I love the way he just like it seems like he's closing his eyes and throwing it as far as he can sometimes and then overthrowing everybody because he can. That's what it's what it feels like. And I think you're gonna have a lot of digs being open deep, um, and open on comeback routes and just things being slightly missed, or he catches it, but because the ball was inaccurate, he gets tackled immediately, all that kind of stuff. Um so I, you know, I think Diggs is great. I love his talent. I think he's gonna underperform. Um, and that's just based off landing spot. Um then moving forward. This is this one's not a hot take. It was said last week as well, but for your dad's team, Lev Bell, man, uh, I'm trying to dish him everywhere I've got him. Uh, I don't. I'm out. I I traded a lot for him in a redraft league last year because I was like, ooh, I was on like a board. I was on the cusp of the playoffs, but I was like, man, if I can get Lev Bell and he can start scoring some touchdowns, my team's gonna win the championship. I was like one running back away, so I traded away like a third round in a redraft. Right? I was like, let's go, and like a fifth. Like I really went for it. Um, and he absolutely continued to not score touchdowns. Um, and it's just inefficient. And I don't blame him. You know, I think it's, it's the O-line. It's Adam Gase. Adam Gase is just – and that's what he does. He kills, he kills offensive players, which is another point towards Tannehill for what it's worth. Uh, getting out of Adam Gase's system, all of a sudden he was able to produce again. Um, and so I think Love Bell, I think – I don't see any way that he is a top performer again because his running style is so patient, and he can't do that. I think um, I think Love Bell. I think you're right. I think that I don't know if he'll ever be what he was. Yeah. Um, I think that he still has some relevance. I think the biggest hurt for him was Frank Gore. That yeah. signing of Frank Gore yeah. completely poached his touchdown potential. Right. So yeah, I don't know. The expectation just has to be low, and so to have to. And it looks like your dad's kind of in a spot where he's got to roll with him. Kind of looks like he's got to roll with Love Bell, and that's it puts you in a spot, in my opinion, where you're getting a guy that's the exact kind of guy I don't want. He's a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy now. And that, like I said earlier, that's, I couldn't, wouldn't touch him in a league like ours. Um, but moving forward, Cam Haynes. Um, I like this team. But right now in his starting second flex spot, he has our boy DeAndre Swift that we just talked about so much. So we don't have to harp on this. But, man, I just – we already talked about it as a rookie. I didn't like – I don't like him a lot. And then just having to be in a spot where, like, you drafted him early and – it's not like like we're J.K. Dobbins like a year from now, even better position. It's like this is kind of where it's going to be. You kind of should be rolling him out, you know, or at least be ready to. And I don't, I don't see it. And I, I don't – yeah, I just think he's going to be a bust. Um, which moves us right into the next opportunity. Melvin Gordon on Nicholas's team. I've got Melvin Gordon. I don't – he's been inefficient his whole career, which is like a weird thing if you look at yards per carry and stuff like that. Overwhelmingly inefficient. Um, and then people say, like, well, he's, he's really good around the goal line. Did we just forget about him not scoring a touchdown in his first, like, 20 games? Like, did we just forget about that? I, it seems like it. Um, and then all of a sudden the Chargers got a little bit better and he scored some touchdowns. Like, okay, so, like, things have to go perfectly for him to be good around the goal. I just – I don't know. I just – I get we all forgot about the first half of his career not being able to score touchdowns. So he's a little bit older. He's on a – on an offense that went out and stacked up on receivers, uh, with drafting Judy, drafting KJ Hamler, um, and then Philip Lindsay is going to take a lot of that receiving work. Royce Freeman is still on that team on a quarterback who I think is more prone to throw slants than dump offs, in my opinion. Um, 
And so I think, man, I, Melvin Gordon, I, I have as a huge bust. I don't have him literally in 13 leagues. I don't have him anywhere. Um, and I don't want him anywhere. You know, to, to that point, I don't know what it is with Melvin Gordon's career. It's almost like the name hype and his collegiate talent has driven people to insanity because yeah. even at the end of his time, his tenure with the Chargers, it, I mean, he clearly wasn't the best runner on that team. <laughs> right. I mean, he, he clearly wasn't. Right. And so I, I didn't understand the holdout. I don't understand why they – I mean, Austin Eckler is a bona fide proven commodity with a higher efficiency of running, a higher catch radius. I mean, he is everything. And then he goes to a team with Philip Lindsay, who is, yep. like, exactly the same. I don't get it. I didn't get the yep. move when it happened. And I'm with you. I think that's a, that's a dangerous player to roll out. Yeah, and he's just so – and he's so overpaid, man. Like, that, I don't understand I, – I don't get it. I think Melvin Gordon, yet again, is going to be the guy who's less efficient. Uh, he's he's the second or third he's the second best runner on that team and that's just I don't know I don't get it and I think it was a bad move for Denver going forward and and a division where you can't afford to be wasting money um if you're in the same you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs like you can't afford to be wasting money anywhere um but oh well that's their choice um and so then I guess to our two teams are the last two um I'll do myself first and I'll do you um so mine I think I think the big, the biggest bust candidate on my start like of the main guys would be Cortland Sutton. Uh, with him again, I know like I understand that my predictions for the Broncos are higher than everybody else's. But that being said, everybody else might be right, <laughs> right? Um, so which would make because in my mind, Cortland Sutton's a top fifteen receiver this year. Um, and most other people's, he's not. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, a bust if he's outside the top twenty, that's a huge bust. Um, in my mind, I love the talent of Cortland Sutton. That could happen. Um, and if that does happen, I'm very disappointed in my, and I don't win the championship, right? Um, so I, I would say Cortland Sutton for sure. Um, and then for your team, biggest bus candidate is Darren Waller. Um, they went out and got homeboy out of Kentucky. They've gotten, I mean, they've really done, they've done enough pieces and put things in motion. They went out and uh, that running back that they got as well they, in free agency. I can't think of his name. Um, and then Jalen Rashard's going to continue to do stuff. I mean, I, I loved Darren Waller. I think he's so fun. And the walrus is what a lot of people call him. I think that's awesome, right? Um, I, I, I just think he had a cool season. <laughs> I think we'll look back on that forever. Be like, man, remember that one season when Darren Waller, it'll be kind of like a trivia for years to come at local bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, uh, I'm not really super high on Waller. In fact, I tried to move him so many times during the draft. <laughs> And I couldn't get any takers. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. The one person on your team that, that stood out to me, what are you feeling about Aaron Jones? Are you feeling confident? Oh, I love it. Because this is something, man, I'm telling you, some, we've got some people in our league that are a little rude in trade talks, all right? <laughs> but they're not, they're not really rude. They're just a little like, well, you can't be happy about this. And like, Aaron Jones, you're really going to count on him? Absolutely, I'm going to count on Aaron Jones. The dude's a stud. Um, I know I, – I get it. They have Jamal Williams, and I get it. They drafted A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's not a threat. Jamal Williams, not a threat. And Aaron Jones is going to be a – unless you think that Alan Lazard is going to be an absolute stud and that they're able to really spread the ball around a lot, okay? I don't think so. So then I have the two best pieces on that offense not named Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams on an offense that I believe will be good. Um, and so at that point, I've got the lead running back and I've got the only receiving option that's going to be great. And I mean, Aaron Jones, I would chalk him up for another top 10, top 10 running back. I mean, chalk it, man. It's pen, put it in pen. I'm all in on Aaron Jones being great again. 
Look, I don't, I don't take anything away from the talent. I think he's one of the best running backs in football. My only concern is that they have a propensity for not starting Aaron Jones. It's so silly. I mean, I don't understand it. And so I'm, I'm concerned because they didn't re-sign him. They, this is the last year of his contract, and they just drafted another replacement, and it's proven that it doesn't take much. If you have two working legs and can run straight, you can beat Aaron Jones out for some snaps. So I, I'm, I'm concerned on that, but I'm with you. I think Aaron Jones – in fact, to me, I hope he goes somewhere else because yeah. I think on any other team, he is a bona fide star. It's just the Green Bay Packers, for whatever reason, they don't like him. Yeah, and well, the Green Bay Packers, man, that whole draft didn't make sense, right? We could, we could talk about that another time, but just, hey, I know it's one of the best receiving, receiver drafts of all time. We don't want one. <laughs> oh, so you must have great receivers. No, we have a great receiver. <laughs> yes. And everybody else is not good. Yeah, it seems silly to me. Yeah, so I, I, I'm down. Like, I understand the Aaron Jones question marks, but I love him. I really – I mean, it's like – that's why I wasn't able to trade him. Like, I was down to trade him. Everybody has a price, but my price on Aaron Jones is higher than most people's. Um, so that makes him hard to move. But – which is great. If everyone wants to sell him short, that's fine. Like, I, I believe I have two top ten backs. I do too. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, then we're – and I don't need it for the long term. Like, I've, I have J.K. Dobbins for next year. Like, I have other options at running back going forward. Um, that are young and so like yeah for this year I think we're set well then let me uh let me offer you this as we're kind of running out of time here what are your three underrated and overrated players yeah this is fine um I actually had to tra- change one of mine because uh, I had Brandon Cooks down for underrated and I listened to the pod you know I was like oh man that's a solid pick I really like Brandon Cooks this year um so Marvin Jones is where I'll start um, cool stat. Over the last 16 games that Marvin Jones played and the last 16 games that Kenny Galladay played, Marvin Jones has more yards, more receptions, and more touchdowns. Um, crazy stat, right? It blows my mind that that's a reality. Um, and so you've got Matthew Stafford, who is coming back, and I, I believe is healthy. He's one of the toughest guys in the league. He's going to play the full season, I think. Um, and so, I mean, Marvin Jones, to me, phenomenal i want him every everywhere i can touch him someone dropped him in one of my other leagues just like i guess didn't realize that he's that good and i dropped 75 dollars out of a hundred dollars of fab on him like i was given given to me there's not gonna be another free agent that that's that's gonna be that good well and let's i mean looking over the course of his career all he does yeah. all he does is is i mean he is a he is consistently at worst a top tier wide receiver three at best a low-end wide receiver one Right. And last year he was last year he didn't play a full season twelve games and he was wide receiver twenty seven. I mean, <laughs> he played twelve games. Yeah. He played twelve and games. That, yeah. And some of that was with like David Blau and stuff like that, right? Like yeah. give him to me. I love Marvin Jones. Um, the second one is a guy who, according to I've seen some reception perception stuff by Matt Harmon, if you follow that, but Juju Smith Schuster is terrible at a lot of his routes. Like his win percentage on a lot of his routes, absolutely abysmal. But in the slot, it doesn't matter as much. In the slot, it's like just be athletic and then be great after the catch, which is what Juju thrives in. And the, they went out and got Chase Claypool, right, from Notre Dame to play the outside. Like there's, Chase Claypool's not playing the slot. Um, so they slide him outside. Deontay Johnson also on the outside playing that Antonio Brown role. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is primed to, be, to get back where he was in 2018. Um, or yeah, two seasons ago, um, and just get revived over a thousand yards again. Let Big Ben be healthy. Um, so I think he's being slept on a little bit. Like no one has him super low, but I don't think anyone really has him as a top fifteen guy. And I do. 
I truly do. I think he's coming back this year with that slot and with Big Ben. And they're going to be able, I, I, and I don't think James Conner is going to be that great. Um, and so I think Juju is going to really be able to thrive yet again. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Of, I hope you're right so yeah. bad. I have him in – I was a high roller on him a couple of years ago. I have him yeah. in almost – I have – I'm in six dynasties. I have him in five. Um, wow. So I super-duper hope you're right, but I've yeah. been sweating all off season. Yeah, no, of course. And we'll see, you know. But um, I actually don't have him anywhere, which is weird for someone I like so much. Um, but then this is, where, this is where it gets fun. This is a guy that a lot of people love to just drag his name through the mud. I've recently traded for him in two or three leagues, literally this last week, because I like him a lot. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. I love Ronald Jones. That is I, a spicy take right there. Dude, I, I, I've watched so little of Tampa Bay football, right? Of course. Like, where, how am I going to, right? But then I uh, saw this Twitter thread that this guy that's like a fan. I, don't, I wish I'd need to be able to give credits, but whoever it was. And he went through and just broke down the film. He was like, look at all of this stuff that he does. And the way he's like, his, he wins on routes all the time. He is James White. He's what people think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be, except he's also the premier back on the team. And I, I think he's going to get goal line work. I, I'm not kidding. I, I would not be shocked. I'm not predicting it. But if Ronald Jones ends up in the top 12 this year of running backs, I'm not going to be shocked. I'd be more shocked if he finished outside the top 24. Um, and I, I really think that I love him. Like, on my, I have him on our team. And he's kind of he's the stabilizer. Like, if, if Aaron Jones does go down or when Dalvin Cook is, presumed, is injured for three games, right, I can throw in Ronald Jones and be very excited about what I'm about to get out of that. Um, I'm all – Ronald Jones, man, I'm in. I'm all in. Could I ask you a couple of questions? That's the whole point of the pod. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a name and Ronald Jones. Oh, you have to good. tell me who do you want more. Sure. Melvin Gordon or – Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. No hesitation. Ow. Okay, what about Raheem Mostert or Ronald oh, Jones? Ronald, Ronald Jones. Lev Bell or Ronald Jones? <laughs> Ronald Jones, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> wow. So you, yeah. you really are legitimately high on him. Yeah, well, I don't – none of the guys you said are the guaranteed goal line work or the goal line guaranteed guy on their team. Ronald Jones, do you, I mean, is, is anyone going to be close to carries on that team to Ronald Jones? Uh, not Keyshawn Vaughn, that's for sure. Right, and and definitely what what's the other guy's name that he splits carries with? Kind oh, of? Dari Ogubawe. Yeah, and, and they have another guy. It's like no, all those guys are not good. It's Ronald Jones, I'm telling you, man, he's he's gonna be a great running back on an elevated offense. That's so gonna be, have more work down by the goal line, and he's gonna get the dump offs from uh, from Tom Brady on those first. And he's no second. longer being handcuffed. I mean, he no longer right. has Peyton Barber poaching. Peyton Barber, short that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's gone. Um, exactly. So, like, sure, he may not be on be in on all third downs. You don't have to be on a Tom Brady offense. You don't have to be to get the receiving work. So, I'm looking 50, 60, 75 targets plus being the premier back and the goal line work. I mean, I, it looks from the facial expressions you're giving me is that I'm selling you. Like, I am in on Ronald Jones, man. I, you, <laughs> I, the talent's there. Um, oh. I, I am. You are you you are you are converting me to a Ronald Jones believer. <laughs> I'm all I'm all in, man. All in. So who are your underrated players going into 2020? Or overrated? Sorry, overrated players. Yeah, I was like, I can I can do three more. No, um, <laughs> overrated. We'll start with the least surprising. We'll work towards. The, so these are all three huge names. Okay, huge names. Okay. 
DeAndre Hopkins, overrated. Not on the talent, but on the fantasy football. We talked about it earlier. No offseason with, with a young quarterback um, and on an offense that Cliff Kingsbury loves to spread the ball. Um, just how it's going to be. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be that good this year. Uh, it, I mean, he'll be good, but he's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins good. Um, and Larry Fitzgerald is still there. Okay, nobody forget about that guy. <laughs> um, then Miles Sanders. I am out, out. I own Miles Sanders nowhere, nowhere. It's going to be a running back by committee. Miles Sanders, yeah, will he do good against bad defenses? Yes. Will he do good against good defenses? No. Has he done good against good defenses his whole career? No. Fun stat against Michigan, his, the only year he was a starter. Seven carries, 14 yards. Against Ohio State, I think it was like 14 carries for like 30 yards. No. No, this dude doesn't do great against great talent. And great, you can say Penn State doesn't have great talent. You'd be wrong. Okay, those Penn State teams are legit. Um, and so I don't see him being that great. Like, I think he's – I love his talent. He's fun. He's shifty. Um, I don't know if he – I just don't see him being a top – in our league, I don't think he's an RB2. I don't think he's a top 16 guy this year um, or for the rest of his – I don't unless something happens. But being a running back by committee guy, I don't have Miles Sanders high, and he's not worth the price. No, I, I'm, I'm actually with you on that. Did you know that um, I'm looking up my, my little rumor mill here, and we have sure. Devonta Freeman, uh, Carlos yeah. Hyde have both been reached out to and yeah. talked to by the Eagles. In fact, I believe Devonta Freeman's already received an offer sheet. So, wow. I mean, we're talking, we're talking they don't have faith. Right. They don't have faith that Miles Sanders can pull this backfield away. Yeah, I'm out, man. I'm out. Um, I like him. He's cool. He works hard. He's a fun runner, all those kind of things, you know. But – no, uh, Doug Peterson, he won a championship with an arc running back by committee, and that's what he's going to keep rolling with until the end of time. And then the, the last one, he, the talent's there. Okay, it's my last over. The talent's there. He might even lead the league in rushing. He might do it. But he's going to get very few receptions, 20 or less, I mean 25 or less receptions. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. I, I know this is a wow. – Yeah, no – What's his face? The guy that dropped um, – he's known for other things, but the guy that got in trouble for kicking a woman. Um, what's his name? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Right. Known for other things. Great running back. Had a, had a bad moment. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> Nick Chubb is going to have a ton of rushing yards. He's going to get no receiving work. That's not what he's there for. Um, you know, like, like last year, once Kareem Hunt came in, Chubb's numbers declined heavily. It's going to happen again. And this time he's getting – he's going to be fully rested, not coming off of a suspension, fully integrated into the offense. Kareem Hunt is going to – I mean, Nick Chubb owners are going to be very sad whenever Nick Chubb's not a top – I don't want to put a number on it, but he's not going to be near the top. I don't, I don't think he's a premier, a premier running back in fantasy football for the, until something changes on that roster. Well, and, and you also have to consider the fact that, uh, though I disagree with your take a little bit, <laughs> I think that – I think you have a reason. I mean, Baker Mayfield's coming in on this – I mean, he's coming towards the end of his rookie deal. He's got to prove something at some point. They gave him all the weapons. They have Juice. They have OBJ. Now they have Austin Hooper. I mean, they are are loading with talent. And so Baker's going to have to be the focal point of this offense. And if Baker's the focal point, Kareem Hunt's on the field, not Nick Chubb. Right. Yeah. And like I said, I think Nick Chubb will run for a bazillion yards. You know, I think he's super efficient. But every time, as soon as they start losing, which almost, you know, I think I've got them run eight and eight, right? So as soon as they start losing some of these games, you, you got it. You, they're going to put in the guy that's more electric as a receiver, and that's Nick. And that's a uh, Hunt. 
Golly, yeah. yeah, I'm struggling with names this morning. But yeah, I don't. I, Nick Chubb's just he's a, he's a guy and he's a good guy. But he's going to be Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor is my best. Is a great comp to me for those two guys. A lot of running work. I don't think they're going to get much receiving work. And if you're a top back, you have receiving work. Yeah, I agree with that. Unless you're Derrick Henry and run for like three thousand yards a year. But other right. than that, <laughs> and they got to Darrington Evans, which I think is way uh, that's going to be interesting because he's way better than Deion Lewis is at this point in his, in, in his career. I agree. I think that there's a dangerous uh, there's a dangerous split coming. Uh, last question, and then I'll let you go. Just kind of sure. throw us out there. Who do you think's winning it all in our league this year? Man, I okay. I like this question. <laughs> I really do. Um, and I like a lot of what some of these people have. I'm trying to look at it really fast. Okay, so C.D. Hampton has a great roster. I, I think Kyler Murray could be the best quarterback in fantasy this year. I think Saquon could be the best running back. I think Tyreek Hill or Mike Evans could be the best receiver, and George Kittle could be the best tight end. It's hard to bet against a guy who has all of that on his team, right? Um, but he just doesn't have, like, a two. Like, in my opinion, Gurley is not that good. And then besides that, his running backs are Lamar Miller, James White, Carlos Hyde, Kareem Hunt, Frank Gore, uh, Royce Freeman, right? Um, it's like I don't, I don't think he has that second guy. I, and I and I'm one I'm one player away or a Tyrell Williams breakout away like I know like that's and I traded a lot for Tyrell um but I think I'm gonna go I don't know I wish I don't know man I think that it's I'm gonna go CD Hampton man I like that squad a lot I know he doesn't have that second depth guy but I think he's got enough ceiling with those four or five guys that I think he's okay to have a running back who only scores eight to twelve points whenever he's got Saquon and he's got yeah. Mike Evan and all those guys that we just listed. Well, and I think, um, I think with Chase's roster, one thing that's interesting is you were reading off the running backs and I mean, you were basically reading off the 2007 pro bowl. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not, that's so funny. Um, yeah. They're not, they're, they're old and stuff besides Saquon. Um, and so I think they provide like a bridge. If I was him, I would try to trade a first round next year for a running back. That's, you know, on a team that starts losing. Are you a selling? Bit. Is that, are you, are you making <laughs> right. a pitch? Right. Hey, you want to hey, come get somebody off my team, man. Uh, <laughs> you interested in, uh, oof, Jordan Howard. Hey, hey. Breda. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'll give you the combo for a first. <laughs> now, me and him have actually already been talking about that a little bit. <laughs> so, we're, yeah. now that was Cameron, actually, we were talking. About use, the, use the podcast as a plug, man. That's what you got to do. Might as well. That's all people listening anyway, right? now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, thanks again for today. Uh, good luck this season. Um, I have you statted out, if you're curious. I have sure. you statted out losing in the first round of the playoffs. Oof, you're wrong, but I'll, I like it. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's early in the season. Underdog. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks again, man. Uh, take care. Next week, we're going to have a Cameron Haynes. He's going to hop in here, and he's going to do this. Uh, the week after that's Nick Rice. Uh, I hope that you guys take time to listen to these, to get to know each other, uh, hear some different voices. And most of us in here are ministers or missionaries. Um, I think it's kind of cool that we're creating a little community where we can rely on each other, starting with fantasy football, but eventually, hopefully, uh, having friendships that are a little more meaningful than simply who we start and who we drop in and trash talk. Uh, so anyway, I'll see you next week. I hope you have a good rest of the week and uh, good luck in this upcoming